Yo, 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 and welcome back to the Banter Boys podcast. My name is Sanji, with me is Ross. How you doing, Ross? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Sanji, what, two wins in a row against you? Back to back? Usually we go punch for punch. Bro, you're beating me in everything right now. You're beating me in probably FPL, in draft, your brother beat me. I'm projected to lose to you in NBA draft as well. So yeah, that's the story of my life right now. How are you doing? <laughs> no, you know, you know what? Like, you know, these are small happiness, happy times or happy things that I can kind of take joy in, in the world of sports. Like the Raps are undefeated in four games. That's good. But like Liverpool struggling and like, <laughs> you know how that goes. <laughs> yeah, you're having a very rough season. And it's it's not even bad performances. It's just like bad luck at this point like you can't even like laugh it's just sad at this point like with that henderson injury it's just yeah. like when i saw that i was just like yeah I'm, I'm not surprised and go figure you know it's another one of my players getting injured but i mean again back to liverpool misery like it just sucks it really really fucking sucks right now like papa club is going through a really rough time like you can't do much you know what like like i said write it off Come back stronger next season, hopefully with better form. Null and void, right? That's what we're doing with everything this season. Yeah, null and <laughs> void, null and void. Except the Champions League. Let's well, wait, wait, let's wait and see. Maybe the Champions League. Oh, I got too. a goal from Lewandowski today. Didn't get a clean sheet, but I mean, got some sort of fantasy returns, I guess. Um, Chelsea won today. Yeah, we did. Uh, one nil versus Atletico Madrid. Uh, that was a shock, not gonna lie. I wasn't even in the mood to watch that game. Um, just been fucking exhausted with this uh, EPL draft game and just FPL game, etc., etc. But you know what? Before we get started, Ross, why don't you remind listeners how they can find us and engage with us? For sure. So we, you can message us on Twitter. Our handle is at BantaB. On Twitter is our website our anchor website which we use to distribute our podcasts which we distribute to mostly like all major podcast platforms so spotify apple google podcasts and we're on soundcloud um and we are still working on instagram and youtube so keep uh keep posting about that yeah 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 um so i mean in the first half we're just gonna talk some shit then we'll do league catch-ups and we'll go through some Twitter questions. And then the second half, we will give you an update with player statuses in terms of injuries and whatnot, suspensions. And also run through our predictions for the upcoming Double Game Week 26, as well as some hot picks. Ross, we jump from Double Game Week 25 to Double Game Week 26. Uh, the Wolves' defense is on the rise with that first fixture, uh, and it seems that no KP, no party, but, I mean, the game versus Southampton kind of defied that logic completely, right? But good to see Wolves starting to, like, slowly get back on the mend. I mean, we were talking about them improving defensively. Um, yeah. It was a very unlucky goal for Leeds to concede, right? Mm-hmm. But... I mean, with Wolves, in terms of attacking assets, did you see anything that jumped out at you? Or are you still on Johnny and Patricio sort of thing? I think it's kind of what you said, right? Like, with uh, with Raul Jimenez out, or Jimenez. Uh, Jimenez. <laughs> Jimenez. Neto 
uh, Neto and Neves have taken a good share of the creative and like the like the attacking threat. Like Adamator is obviously going to be an attacking threat, a threat. But like he's sometimes he can be like a one trick pony, right? Run at the defense, beat the defender, and try crossing it in. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Right? And it worked this time. <laughs> yeah, and it worked this time. Right? Like they got the goal. Um, they got the goal, which was like technically like Adama got the assist or whatever. But like at the same time, like I, I like his stats are usually a lot more fruitful in terms of like key passes and like dribbles and like balls uh, tackles one and stuff like that. So that's kind of what I. I noticed. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, with Nuno, I mean, hopefully he doesn't switch back to back four because uh, they finally stopped conceding some goals and stuff. So, And they've got a decent run of fixtures towards the end of the season, right? So we'll start looking at their assets a bit more um, as the season comes to a close. Uh, Southampton switched things up slightly, and I think it's down to a lot of injuries and stuff. But... They kind of came out on, like, the team sheet with, like, a back three, back five, but kind of played it like a back four, but it looked like a back three versus Leeds tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they fielded three centre-backs, right? Uh, so that's kind of what the initial guess is, uh, just going off of names that they provide. Uh, but, I mean, the same situation with us in the sense that we keep a lot of possession, like Chelsea... And that's probably how we're going to keep a clean sheet. But it was very frustrating to go 1-0 down in that game after dominating that match so long. And I feel like that could be one of our downfalls uh, so far under Tuchel is even though we hold on to the ball a lot, we're not really doing anything. We're not really threatening anyone coming out with clear-cut chances. Because you look at the game even against Atletico Madrid tonight, Giroud had to score a bicycle kick that was kind of pretty much saved by VAR. And if you're going to have to do that every game, like, you're not going to win a lot of games easily, right? I mean, the clean sheet might be there, right? But we might struggle to score against other teams. Just just the fact that we're not, we're not scoring. <laughs> like, it's, it's, just, it's just weird. Yeah. Um, and, like, you even look at his subs, like, he brought Cho on, then brought Cho off, and was like, yeah, I mean, he didn't do what I was, what, like, I didn't like what I was seeing, so I took him off. Don't worry, tomorrow's a new day. Don't worry about it. <laughs> like, he's so fucking cut through it. Like, exactly. Like, from a new manager, especially, like, sub being substituted is, like, one of the worst things to happen to you as a player, right? Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I think it happened to Robbie Brady the other day. Like, he came on, got a ye- yellow card immediately, and got subbed on, like, 10 minutes after halftime. And then, like, you know, uh, sometimes you're just having those games, but to, like, come on as a sub to help improve your team, only to be taken off because you were doing so bad that the manager had to take you off again. Yeah. So... And uh, Alonso played again tonight, by the way. So, more bad news for Chowell owners, I'd say. James didn't play, Cho played, but I still think James has more minutes coming his way than Chowell does. Yeah. Burnley couldn't score against 10-man West Brom, and that really worries me for the double game week coming up for them as attacking assets. Like, even though they smashed it in, like, the... Yeah. the Double gaming that just went by, you know, like J-Rod smashed it and all that. 
like not scoring against ten men West Brom is a little worrying. And West Brom got a good chunk of ch- uh, chances when they went down to ten men. Yeah, they should have scored like three or four goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they might have had the better chances after they went down to ten men. Oh, easily. Like when Sean, when that game finished, Sean Dyche was so happy, ecstatic to get one point. He's like, "What? One point? That's amazing!" <laughs> like we did nothing. <laughs> like, yeah, they they offered nothing, and no Crisswood, no Barnes. Like I struggle to see where they're gonna get goals for the next few games. Both of them are game time decisions, right? So we might see one of them on the bench, or both of them on the bench, yeah, and possibly start the game after, like in the double game week. But like you're right, like like Lauten was getting a much higher like he was getting a lot of creative chances he had like a two or three uh, KPs yeah like Gerard had some opportunities but nothing as click as West Brom did I think yeah so moving on to your boys um, can we skip <laughs> no, no, no 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 let's skip let's skip let's skip I mean just it, it's just a point that I, I mean I don't want to spend too long on it but it's just to highlight again your home form is bad. We've said it before. And it's kind of why I made my prediction last episode as well with regards to Everton, right? You guys are really struggling without your fans, right? Really, really struggling. Do you think it was a penalty? You know, I watched it. So, initially, it did not seem like a penalty because he tripped up on Trent that was already on the floor. But if you looked at the replays, uh, Trent actually kicked out a DCL. That was my initial thought, right? Initial, My initial thought was Trent's foot went up. Yeah. But... DCL started tripping because of the contact with his knee and Trent's head. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, I was making my decision initially based off that, with that knee-head contact. When I saw that, I was like, that's really unlucky. That's not a penalty. But I think they looked at the kickout more than anything, and I think they kind of scrutinized that. Yeah. And was like... But, like, it had no contact. It had no actual... It was a stupid pen. It was a really silly pen. Like, obviously, but you go back to the same yeah. rules that you talk about when Salah goes down, right? There's contacts in the box. You're going to give it if they go down. It's like that sort of, it, it, it's really stupid uh, as people that play football. You know, we understand how frustrating it can be to have a decision go against you like that. But it's the rules yeah. of the game and that's how they're playing it, right? Black and white. Like, contact in box, yes, pen. Yeah. In that sense, like, yeah. like and But, like, again, it's the thing with, like, you know, with Diaz, because when Salah beat Diaz for to win the penalty against City, what, two or three weeks ago, like, you know, he was last man. He was free on goal. Diaz technically should have been sent off. Same thing kind of applies here. If that was... Because the rule is, if there's no play on the ball, then it's a red card yeah. in the box, right? Then why wasn't it a red card, right? Like, like I don't, I don't understand what the... What the, like, the justification is right and like i saw it the other day that there's gonna be every day before like before every game there's gonna be a round of applause for referees yeah i i mean i see the i see the ridiculousness in it but at the same time when you're getting death threats at your job Uh, yeah that is true that is true (laughs) like we gotta make these guys feel like hey it's it's a it's a game at the end of the day. Yeah, there's a lot of money and stuff involved, but come on, man! Like that's wrestling. That that's not cool. And uh, but like at the end of the day, it's also like 
refs at the moment don't seem to have any accountability. Yeah. It, it seems. It seems. I don't know what the reality is, but it seems as a yes, there are extremes where like people are going on and like sending death threats to like Mike Dean and whatever that they don't that they're not gonna referee games because of it. But at the same time, I feel like this feels a bit too forced of a gesture of like clapping for the refs before each game. I feel like they did it because of the death threats. If we didn't have those, I don't think it would be that big of a deal. I mean, yeah. okay, penalty yeah. aside, ref decision aside, do you think you really deserved anything from that game? No, I don't. Okay, all right, let's move on then. <laughs> yeah, even Klopp said it. He was like, like without the penalty, the game would have ended 1-0. Yeah. Like, they didn't have yep. any, any kind of thing in the game. The only person that had any form of threat was Mane. Salah was... Salah had a couple of chances. Nothing significant, but I think. Could have done better, yeah. Robbo was attacking a bit more. That's good to see. But oh, how are you feeling for your team moving forward? I guess, like... Again, like, it's up in the air, right? Like, injuries make play a huge deal. Yeah. Um. Hopefully, Jota's back, and that might help, like, you know, provide some competition for the front three again. Yeah. Right? Because, like, at this point, it's like... We need a change. Let's take out Bobby and put in Divakariki, who hasn't been in the best of form recently. Like he's like he's had like I think he's had his like he's a cult legend at Liverpool, but at the same time he's also been really bad. And like the drop off between him, Bobby, and Origi is huge. Yeah. Well, I mean, on the plus side, at least Henderson's not playing in defense anymore. <laughs> Yeah, but then... <laughs> I don't, I don't. All right. Fulham look like they're really trying to stay up. Yeah, like they, they're showing a lot more fight. And like I, I, I talked about this, like like we've discussed this. They sometimes play yeah. magnificent football. It's just a struggle to score the goals. That's the thing, right? Exactly. And now they have a like an actual number nine that's kind of... Yeah. Or like they had number nines before with Mitrovic. But like Mitrovic, like you said, like looks like he's gained... A few pounds. That's affected his fitness. He looks like he's still celebrating Christmas, mate. Uh, <laughs> but you know what, lads? It's Spurs. J mother effing Lings. J Lings. Messy Lingard, bro. Oh my god. I'm so upset I didn't spend fab on him. I honestly thought it was a hype transfer and it was not. He's smashing it. He's absolutely smashing for West Ham. Yeah. West Ham is smashing it, man. In general. West Ham for European football. Like we we gotta see it happen. At this point, like it has to happen. At this point, I want I want Leicester to win the title. And <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad that we predicted the fact that Spurs were gonna lose that game against West Ham, even though they had Kane back. Yeah, no, like I absolutely like it's one of those things where I'm looking at it and I'm just like, like Spurs are just you know in a bad moment. Similar Liverpool, right? I can't I can't shit talk them too much, right? Because my team isn't doing. It's the defense. It's really the defense for both teams. Yeah, and like, well, Reg is back, right? He started last game, but he only played, what, like 60-something minutes? Yeah, but you still have Sanchez and Dyer playing? Like, where's Toby? Toby's, I think, also still injured? I don't know. I'd rather start Rodon over Sanchez. I'm surprised they didn't sign a center back. They have a decent center back, Rodon. That Joe Rodon guy. Yeah. That's what they signed, no? Sanchez is better at being a Toy Story dummy. Yeah. Uh, Grealish missing out is a massive worry for Aston Villa. Really, really massive worry. Uh, there was some talk in our draft community about whether or not El Ghazi would be an asset. We gave our two cents about it. We honestly think that 
the offensive assets could see a drop-off potentially mm-hmm. because of how big a role Grealish plays in that squad, both going forward and from a defensive point as well. Right, Ross, we discussed, uh, you know, the way yeah. he uh, absorbs pressure, wins fouls, carries the ball from his half to another half, right? Um, that transition, they don't have another player like that, right? And yeah. that's why we also could see a potential drop-off in the defensive performance of Arsenal assets, right? Yeah, right. Like, if you have, like, kind of what we what we discussed and what, like, what we kind of gave our two cents was on, like, the fact that, like, if you don't turn over the ball in key areas, right, you can, and you win the foul in your third, right, in the defensive third, that relieves so much pressure for you. And Grealish loves winning fouls. Yeah. If anything, Grealish is known for, apart from his attacking play, is the fact that he's the most fouled player in the Premier League. So, like, that, like, I did see, I did see that maybe the likes of, like, Bertrand Traore are, might have to kind of step it up and actually kind of show some of their, like, quality. But, like, El Ghazi started and I think El Ghazi with Jack Grealish is a great player. But, like, as, as someone to, like, carry the attacking threat, I don't think it's there. Yeah. So, hopefully, like the Jack Grealish injury isn't too too bad. Yeah, and right, Leicester just go from strength to strength. They dealt with Villa easily, right? Even Ricardo played a more advanced role on the right, but I think that was possibly to deal with the threat of Grealish from Aston Villa's left. Mm-hmm. So it will be interesting to see whether or not Luke Thomas is able to hold a left back spot moving forward, or Castania and Ricardo Pereira end up sharing those fullback spots between themselves. Yeah. Man City are just too, 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 too good. Too good, too good. They are in a different league compared to the rest of people. When I saw KDB fit and starting and everyone was pretty much fit for them and playing, from an attacking perspective, it did look a bit more diluted in the sense that you didn't know where the goal was coming from for sure. But from a defensive perspective, Mm -hmm. When you thought that they couldn't look more solid, they did. Like, I don't know which team is going to get through them. Yeah. Like, without a fluke or something like that. Yeah, or a set-piece goal or something, right? Not even that, man. Like, they just never look like they're going to concede. Like, they're just like, when they start playing the game, they are playing their own game and you have to adjust to suit. Like, you can't do your own thing with them. They are... That's the level that City are playing at right now. Mm-hmm. It's really, really, really good to watch. So, so much control over all of their games. Yeah. Um, Manchester United, though, are very lucky to have Bruno as a player. Yeah. And we've, we've talked about that, right? Like, it's... A lot of fantasy teams are like this, too, where without Bruno, they don't have the same level of, like, threat, right? So, like, Bruno can have a shocking of a start and then just like turn it on and then get a goal, get an assist. Get a goal and yeah, assist. Exactly. And no, it's pretty annoying. It's very annoying. Very, very annoying. It, it seemed like Newcastle could have actually gotten something from that game at one point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then, you know, United doing United things and getting penalties at the last moment. <sighs> I knew Brighton was too good to be true, by the way. When they played Crystal Palace. Yeah, I can't believe you took a gamble on the double goalie defense. Hey, we were all about the, you know what, let's get Brighton. Crystal Palace are terrible. Let's double up. Let's triple up. Like, 
It was a good punt to take, I thought. It was. I definitely thought. And that's... Uh, I was talking... So, my brother, who you were playing this week, I, I, when he told me what your team is, I'm like, oh, that's a very smart move. Yeah. The only way you win is if you hope for a Crystal Palace goal. <laughs> and he got lucky and he got two of them. I know. Yeah. One right at the end, too. And he needed a Leeds clean sheet today, which he ended up getting as well. <laughs> yeah. Like, your brother, your brother, your brother got blessed this week for sure. Um, but I mean, Brighton, that's to tell you, right? That even though they look solid, even though they play good football, there's still something about Brighton that I don't know. It's just you can't ignore the fact that they are still able to, I don't know, shoot themselves in the foot because they dominated that game so much. They were playing so good. They had so many chances and couldn't do shit, couldn't take any of them. Yeah, and that's football sometimes. <laughs> I, I love your simplistic logic to to all the disappointing results. That's football, bro. <laughs> oh, such a positive soul. I love it. Um, so the game today, the last one was uh, the Leeds versus Southampton game. Not sure if you got to catch that. Uh, Leeds trounced Southampton, even though Southampton should have been two 0 up in the first half. What a terrible football pitch to be playing on everybody was slipping like every five minutes couldn't even pass a ball properly along the floor Leeds won at home right like that's insane yeah Leeds winning at home 3-0 clean sheet against a potent Danny Ings I don't know why Hassan Hoodle benched Danny Ings and benched Minamino made no sense whatsoever well he paid for it right it's football (laughs) yeah oh man alright let's uh, catch up in our leagues Ross even though I do not want to do this at all. Let's start with our OG League. How did it go for you? Um, honestly, not that great. Like, I, I, okay, like, I didn't do that poorly. I still got, like, 120 points. But, like, this is kind of how it went, right? Um, The game week kind of started off on the Friday. Yeah, Leeds versus Wolves. Um, Johnny gets substituted with, like, 25 seconds left before the 60-minute mark, and I'm just like, of course that would happen. Uh, and, like, <laughs> yeah. he only ended up with, like, a point, 1.75 just because we play with the extra scoring and stuff. It was good that, like, uh, well, Ruben Neves and Neto also kind of blanked in that sense, right? And Adama Drury got me the assist, but and, like, Bamford didn't score and everything, so it wasn't a shaky start. And I think at one point, like, then kind of going into Saturday... Liverpool, the Liverpool-Everton game, you know, James gets the assist. Okay, cool. Now I'm a bit panicking. I'm just like, oh, I don't know how this is going to turn out. And then, like, I think this, like, the Leicester-Aston Villa game was, like, the best for me because Johnny Evans had a, had a, had a decent game with 5.5 points. Harvey Barnes got a goal and an assist. Jamie Vardy got an assist. So, gave me a good, like, you know, leg up on my opponent. But then the United, uh, the United uh, Newcastle game happened, right? <laughs> yeah, like Bruno gets a yellow card right at the start. Uh, Luke Shaw loses his clean sheet, and I'm just like, okay, cool. Like you know, this might actually be worrying. And then Bruno Fernandez assists Daniel James, which who my opponent has both, and I'm just like, of course. And then Bruno Fernandez, uh, Fernandez, like. Scores a penalty. And, you know, like, that basically kind of took the goal away, like, the match away from me, regardless of what I could have done. Like, I even had Bertrand Traore score for me 
in the lesser game too. And like I was like, this is the best opportunity because if my clean sheet was lost to someone, it like Bertrand Traore took it. So, and you know what the most disappointing thing was? Timo Werner with a solid, a solid one point two five points. <laughs> you know about that too, though, right? Like in our banter boys league, so you can talk about that later. Yeah, but like you know what? Like once. Once that Timo Werner thing kind of happened, I was like, there's no way I win this. Like, that was my, like, I was hoping Timo, like, Timo would get at least 10, 12 points, right? But, like, played the full 90, got me diddly, so. Yeah, you know what? We should have probably made that call to bench him when we saw Southampton roll out with that back three, right? And that's kind of the advantage to playing draft on Fantrax is you have the ability to tinker your lineup until the game actually starts. So you do get some information to make better decisions. It's just that, yeah. you know, we don't listen to our own advice. That's that's the problem. No, we don't. Like, I honestly, the way he's been playing, I honestly thought he'd like get some points, right? But literally his stats for the entire game, and obviously, like, I didn't get a chance to watch the game, but, like, his stats were he conceded a foul and he got a dribble. Yeah. that or Those were his, like, fantasy stats. That is so annoying, man. We offered no threat. Like, we basically just had the ball. That's all we did. Ugh. Like, Tuchel was, like, losing his shit all game. Anyways, um... So I guess you you ended up losing and now you are uh, you've kind of dropped down also in the table. Yeah, you've slipped down to sixth. I'm sixth, and uh, manager who is your seven, brother has seven points. Yeah, your brother. I have seven points in front of him. Yeah. No, you have eight points. Eight points. Eight points. So yeah, so three games, right? Will be a tough one. I'm hoping you you start losing too. Remember that prediction that I made of uh, there's a chance that I might not make playoffs. Yeah, that's that's what I'm betting on is that you start losing too. <laughs> I'm I'm definitely starting to push that envelope quite a bit. Uh, I obviously lost my matchup this game week against your younger brother Rafi. Um, yeah, so if we go back to you know from Friday, kick us off. Uh, I I thought you know decent chance, you know, okay, Wolves scored, no leads, clean sheet, but he had ailing, still managed to get 12.25 points from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack Harrison, uh, you know, half that score, but whatever, we move on. You know, it's first day, whatever. Uh, and then he had Nick Pope, he had Joachim Anderson that you told him to pick up from that double game week, had both of them. They both got, you know, clean sheets. Uh, che Adams, even though he, what, did nothing for the first game, uh, managed to play 90 minutes in the second game. That didn't help. He had Bobby Firmino. Bobby did nothing. Still got 10 points. But, I mean, I still had a solid uh, Saturday as well compared to him. Uh, ended up, like, got 54 points from, like, maybe six players. But the Jordan Henderson injury, that really sucked yeah. hard. Um, players like Kovacic getting subbed early. Um, I, I don't know. Just... I thought I would have gotten the clean sheet from Chelsea as well. And the Luca Dean clean sheet versus Liverpool was a nice bounce. It gave me a bit of hope moving into Sunday. But then Sunday wasn't any easier because, I mean, he had more numbers on his side. But he got the Mikhail Antonio goal. Kevin De Bruyne started for him. Uh, so it, it was going quite well. And, you know, I didn't have uh, ZX start for me either on the Saturday 
Uh, Anthony Martial had a shit game again. Uh, Bukayo Saka played for me, but he played against Man City, so it was tough. So, I mean, you go down to the Monday, we talked about it. I thought I would have gotten double clean sheet from the Brighton. That went all tits up as well. So, even though I had two players, I had a grand total of two points from them. Your brother had zero players, so I might as well had played no one. Uh, <laughs> and you come to Tuesday, he got the clean sheet from Leeds, right? And the minutes from Che and Jack Harrison got subbed early. Yeah. Uh, James Ward-Prowse tried his best, but it wasn't good enough, right? And I still ended up falling, what, like 20 points short? 25 points short? It was a bit of a, a bit of a beatdown, not gonna lie. Yeah. I should um, play and yeah, again. so I slipped down the table as well. Don't worry, you'll have your chance. Uh, so I slipped down the table as well. I'm down to fifth, right? Um, and how wonderful. Both content creators uh, propping up the bottom of the playoff table while everyone else in the league listens to our advice and is are all on winning streaks. Isn't that fun? Yeah, you know what? Like, I'm not super. Like, I still had a really good score. Like, I had 123 points. Like, there are maybe, what, four, yeah. three other, four other better scores than me? Um, like, I could. I know the top three worst scores in our league, because I was definitely one of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> top of the table. From the other side up. Yeah. All right, let's look at our Banter Boys League. Did that fare any better for you, Ross? Um, I did beat you, so. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yet again. Right, you, honestly. Now you're winning, what, 4 2? Head to head? Yeah, 4-2 head-to-head. Yeah, 4-2. Yeah. Uh, I'll so, post it on Twitter, don't worry. So, like, you know what? Like, Melier started off having, an in, like, an amazing game. And then had, the, like, you know, own goal and lost his clean sheet. So, I was like, oh, like, you know, panic mode. And I'm just like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. Bamford didn't do that well on the Friday. Neither did Jack Harrison. But, like, it was still okay, cool. I was feeling really positive about our Friday, to be honest, because of that own goal and that lack of clean sheet. I was like, okay, you kind of your players kind of shut the bed, so maybe this is a, a sign of things to come. Yeah, and move on to Saturday now. I honestly like you'd won it until until today. Yeah, like, until today, it everything kind of worked out, and like so on the Saturday, Sadio Mane only six and a half points, not like with you the know, yellow card though. With the yellow card, yeah. Redmond was a good pickup. You got him on waiver. Yeah, uh, which was also uh, a bit of a controversy. But uh, like, <laughs> but we ended up sorting it out. That's something actually we, I, I kind of want you to talk about maybe in the second half. Just yeah. like adjusting the lineups and stuff. But yeah, um, you only had Redmond and Mane on that Saturday. And like you said, I started Timo as well against you. Uh, because of this different scoring format, he only got one point for me. But the rest of the boys did fine, I thought. Uh, Diangia and Mateus Pereira got 21 between them. Tarkowski and Pope yeah. kept the clean sheet for me. Luca Dean got chipped in with his 16 points. So, like, 64 to 14 on the day. Like, I was like, alright, cool. Like, this game week is in the bag, you know? Mm-hmm. So, we go on to Sunday, and then you kind of clawed back on Sunday. So, I started Reg, but, like, he, even though he, like, he lost his clean sheet, got a yellow card. He looks good, though, in the game, I thought. Yeah. Antonio got the goal, so that really kind of helped me out. I played Declan Rice too, like, you know, solid seven points. And then, like, the Manchester United and the Newcastle United game. Like, you know, it started off, okay, cool. Uh, 1-0, Rashford scores, like, you know. And then, uh, f- perfect thing for me afterwards, because St. Maximan got the goal of, for Newcastle. I'm like, okay, cool. 
this is looking good. Yeah. You know, Luke Shaw then started chipping away at points. And then like, you know, that, that, that was a good, like, that was a good game for me. Martin Odegaard, I picked up. I was like, he's starting. Like, you know what? Maybe, like, why not? Maybe he gets me points. Maybe he doesn't get me points. And then, like, but I honestly, like, Sunday, I didn't claw back as much as I should have. And, like, I had pretty much given up. Yeah, and I still got decent points for my three guys. Ricardo Pereira playing out of position. James Madison getting the goal, as usual. Uh, Gabriel Jesus came on, did a couple things, right? Uh, but you look at the Monday as well. I thought, you know, maybe I'd, I'd claw back again. Uh, Dan Byrne was my pickup uh, on that day. Did okay. 10 points, including the yellow card with no clean sheet. No attacking returns. Yeah. So I was like, okay, it's better than nothing, right? Yeah. But then Monday... Uh, sorry, uh, today, Tuesday, was just painful. Like, everything went your way. Yeah, like, I got the Bamford goal. I got the Melier clean sheet. And Redmond got, like, chipped at, chipped in with a few points as well, right? Like, I think he yeah. had, like, six and a half points today and seven and a half on, like, the first game. So, yeah. honestly, like, what, what I told you before this was that, like, there's only one scenario in which I win. And that scenario happened. Yep. Jack Harrison gets subbed off early and does not chip in with a goal or assist. Melier gets his clean sheet and Bafford gets his goal. And, like, that's exactly what happened. And, like, you know, that was basically, like, just got me over the top. And that's that's sports. That's football. What what, would you say? That's how football works. And sometimes that's how football works. (laughs) That's how sometimes football works. Uh, I fucking hate fantasy football. Why am I playing this shit? Um, <laughs> all right, I, Ross. I, I broke your winning streak, right? Or did you lose it last week? No, I, I lost that last week. But you know what? There okay. are 10 game weeks until the playoffs. And for sure, I will be coming back stronger than ever. Um, yeah. But you know what, Ross? I think now is a great time to run through our Twitter questions that we got from our fans and loving listeners. Yep, let me just pull them up. Pull it up, pull it up. Banter Boy, switch to the Banter Boys account. Okay, cool. Do you want to start? Do you want me to start asking the questions? Yeah, dude. Let's go. This is unprepared. We're winging these questions, by the way. Yeah. Uh, so the first two questions we have for for are from, like, Daniel Kirani. Uh, thanks for asking your question, Daniel. So Daniel's first question is, is ZX time done at Chelsea? Guy looks so demotivated and frustrated whenever he comes on the pitch. Is it safe to drop him? I've been dropping some gems lately in my OG league, but I have Hakeem in my other league, and I just don't want to regret it. What do you think, Sanji? We talked about this last episode, right? Uh, form is temporary, class is permanent. I think that it could just be a matter of a couple of gaming where ZH is able to find his magic again. And he ends up playing consistent games. Because we've seen with Tuchel, if he's not happy, he will change things immediately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think if you're starting 11 and you've got a couple of subs to kind of ride you through your next few game weeks, I'd suggest holding on to him. Because if you drop him, guaranteed someone will pick him up. Yeah. Right. And then it'll just come back and, you know, bite you in the ass. Yep. And that's how football works. <laughs> so second question from Daniel with Grealish out and Barkley just being Barkley do you think Aston Villa is going to give more minutes to their winter signing Morgan Sanson or maybe Barkley got Dean's nudes and therefore he's in that undroppable category 
<laughs> I didn't even read that question when he posted. Such a Daniel question, man. <laughs> it really is. Sanson, no, no, I don't. I I mean, I've seen like little bits of him when he came on as a sub, but nothing that would encourage me to go pick him up as an asset. What if he starts? No, I don't think he's gonna start. I think they have enough talent ahead of him. Yeah. Even that uh, that kid, uh, Ramsey kid, I think he's ahead of Sanson. Yeah. Um, and like every time this guy, this kid comes on the pitch, the commentators are like, oh my god, it's uh, Ramsey. He's, uh, he's so good. Uh, future of Aston Villa. Like, who, who the <laughs> hell is this kid? <laughs> like, no. Some of Sanson's training ground clips are pretty cool, though. Like, a few nutmegs here and there and stuff like that. It, maybe it's all showmanship, you know? You never know. But he does look like he's, you know, got a good footballing talent. I'm not sold on him. If if you want to go pick him up, then go pick him up. But I'm not sold on him. Yeah. I'm not. And, like, I don't know if we have the answer for if Barkley has Dean's nudes. Well, I think he definitely does. Um, but will that be enough for him to play consistently? Yes. Will that warrant him as a good fantasy asset? I don't think so. I still think there is going to be a drop-off without Grealish. Now, it depends how long Grealish is out for as well, you know. Mm -hmm. My question for Danny is, how long does Grealish have to be out, like a minimum period, for you to keep him on your roster for the rest of the season? Yeah, that's a good question. Right? Because that was first pick easily for a lot of people. Maybe second would be would blow my fucking mind if you got him as your third pick. But, like, it's not going to be easy to drop a player of Jack Grealish's quality. And I know that even though Dean Smith has been all hush-hush on previous injuries, like, even the Barkley one, he was like, oh yeah, Barkley's touch and go. Barkley was touch and go for, like, four fucking months. Mm-hmm. So we don't know for sure, like, what's the Grealish situation, right? Would you try and trade Grealish as well right now for us, if you had him? If we had injury spots, for sure. Yeah. Sanji, do you want to trade for Grealish? You know, I might as well at this point. Nothing is going right, mate. <laughs> um, but yeah, th- thanks for the questions, Danny. That was good. Good stuff. Uh, next question we have from Brandon at Brisbane Brando. Uh, who is the pick for... Boomer bus streamer of the week. Back with these draft terms again, Russ. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I get what a streamer is. In my opinion, a streamer is a player, is a spot that you, you know, you pick in for the week and you drop him later on. Yeah. And when we discussed in, like, pre-draft, pre-season, whatever, like, Boomer bus is, like, one of those Jamie Vardy sort of characters, right? Yes. But you know what my, you know what my Boomer bus player is? Yeah. Lucas Mora. Ooh. That is a nice pick. I like that pick. Yeah. Like, you know, he might be getting back into, like, the good books of Mourinho and starting regularly. I don't think Bale's... As much as people want Bale to play, I don't think he's going to play regularly. Like, that's just, that's just the reality of the situation. Man, but if you look at him playing the recent games, he looks really sharp. He looks really fit. He... He looks like he can threaten. Like, he should have scored a screamer against West Ham. Came off the crossbar. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, he he looks good, man. I I don't know. I I would like to suggest Gareth Bale as a boomer bus pick, but the thing is, would he start both games? Probably not. Would he play ninety minutes for both games? Probably not. Like Mourinho is a funny guy. Do you really want to play around with assets from that team too much? Like other than Kane and Son, and maybe Ori Reggie throw in if you want. Mm-hmm. 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 It's it's a it's a massive gamble to go with the likes of. Bale. I mean, Mora I enjoy because he seems like a Mourinho type of player. Like, he would get chosen. Especially based on recent form as well. He even scored a header. One of the shortest guys on the pitch. Scoring one of the best headers that game. Yeah. Um, For me, Booma bust streamer for this week. Uh, I mean, Jay Rodriguez could possibly do it again. But he's facing a lot tougher teams this time around. Um... Maybe one of the Crystal Palace guys, Benteke or Ayu. You know, they Ayu's been putting up some points, even though like Zaha's not been playing. Uh you look at Fulham, maybe Josh Maja, mm-hmm. Ruben Loftus Sheik, mm-hmm. one of those guys could go boom or bust this week, right? Uh Diang or Mbai Diangye, that West Brom striker, I think is also boom or bust. He's still under fifty percent ownership as well. Right? These guys, I think, um, could explode over this double game week. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for the question. The next question was also best streamer for the upcoming d- double game week. I still, like, you know, my top is Lucas Mora. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, if I had to go from one of everything I talked about, then Mbaye Diang. I think he is a solid pick for this double game week, right? He's facing both Brighton and Everton at home. Mm-hmm. Alright, Russ, next question. Next question. So we have Andres asking. <laughs> I love how Andres just asks, answers, like, you know, the way he starts this question is like, Lamao or Law. Like, we're having a yeah. real conversation. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my question is is, is the season, with the season almost over, if you had a new top 10 to draft, what do you draft for next season? Yeah, so our top 10 players that we have to draft. Like, the first round of the draft, basically. Yeah, that's that's what I'm getting. Okay, so number one... Bruno. Bruno. <laughs> uh, number two, Jack Grealish? Yes, I was thinking the exact same thing. I was like, I don't know if KDV... I think Jack Grealish is a better, better number two pick than KDV for me. Well, because, like, the Euros and KDV's getting old and injuries, like, it just worries me as, like, a first-round pick now. I mean, I still think he's a first-round pick. It's just that I'd be a bit more cautious if I had Bruno and Grealish yeah, before him. Yeah, but for me, he's like he's the third pick. Yeah. Um, Salah. Yeah. You still got to put him in that first round, right? Yep. Uh, Mane. Not too. Right? Not so still early. Stick to the Liverpool boys. Not so early. Not so early. Maybe not second so. round now. Really. Maybe maybe like seven eight or eight nine. Like his effort on the pitch is there is effort, but like in terms of like goals and assists. And key passes and all these, like, counting stats. Yeah. Like, Salah is definitely higher, right? Like, he's, like, the top goal scorer for a reason. Uh, Harry Kane. Yep. Should go in that first round, right? Based on the way he played this season. Son. I mean, you could potentially even throw Son in. If you're throwing in Kane, yeah, you should throw in Son. Um, a couple of the Leeds boys. Either Rafinha or Bamford. But I, I would take Rafinha before Bamford, to be honest. Really? Yeah. Rafinha just looks a world-class player. Too good for that squad. Honestly. I guess what a better way to kind of look at it is if we look at the all the number one picks 
for our draft, right? Who would you take out? My my first two that come to my mind are Hakim Ziyech and Aubameyang. I don't think they were first round. Virgil van Dijk. <laughs> oh, well, in our banter boys, yeah. In our banter boys, Virgil van Dijk was our number one pick. But I'm talking about like OG, OG League. OG League? Um, like, d- hmm. did you pick Ziyech first or did you pick Martial first? Does it matter? They're both. They're, yeah, they're both. Like, both. Yeah, both so, of them would be. Both of both them. them would be, like, third round. Timo Werner? Yes, definitely. I would not have picked Timo Werner first round if I knew this is what I was getting. Trent? Trent. <laughs> Trent has been picking it up recently. I, the lack of clean sheet is definitely hurting yeah. him. But, yeah. like, yeah. Uh, with the way the season's going. Raul Jimenez as Raul well. Raul Jimenez was the number one pick. out of first round. Was a he was a first, first round, round pick. pick? Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> it was Orwa. Jamie Vardy would be a number like a round one pick, man. I'd put, I'd pick James Madison before Jamie Vardy. I'd pick I'd pick Harvey Barnes before both of them, to be honest, actually. Really? Wow, that's a bold call. No, Harvey me. Barnes no, is no, playing no, no. insane, man. Sure he is, but I still think he is more boomer bust than consistent. I I I don't think so. I think if he's played in that right position and has, like, the proper pieces in front of him, he's a great player regardless. Maybe. James Rodriguez is a number one pick. Nah, not for me. The only thing is, the only thing is, is that because he gets tackled so much, is that, like, he's out every other game. That's the only thing for me. But when he plays, he's... You're only saying James should be a round one pick because you are in support of Andres. That's all. I would pick Luca Dean before James Rodriguez. Yeah, Andres is Colombian, I believe. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, someone else said James Rodriguez number one. That someone else said that James Rodriguez first overall. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were just making a joke with him. I would pick Dinia over any of the Everton boys. Daniel makes a good point on uh Ilka Gunigan. Yeah, Ilkay in his current form is arguably worth a round one or round two pick. If he, but the thing is that form is it consistent, right? That's the thing. Yeah, because when he was scoring all of those goals, KDB was out as well. Kun was out, like a full fit firing Man City team. I'm not sure if he gets those goals on a regular basis, like the way he was getting for that like eight to ten game expand or whatever. Um. But yeah, those those are some of the names that we kind of jump out at. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? It, it would be nice to kind of, I guess, uh, do like a end of season draft sheet review yeah. sort of thing. We should go through it and see how terrible some picks. <laughs> our drafts yeah. really went. Yeah. Yeah. So last question we have from Kyle Hinkson. Should PL players be allowed to play FPL? Well, do you consider fantasy premierly gambling just as an extent like i get it like it's insider information in that sense right but i think they should still be allowed to play like i like you know like a lot of these a lot of these uh players that are like especially the english ones like they've grown up on fpl right like oh i'm gonna get in suarez and i'm gonna get in like ronaldo and stuff like that so i don't i think they should be allowed to play it's just that would they just have to be a lot more careful at Posting their usernames on like social media and like leaking that information to people on social media. Cause once that's out, then you can like, okay, cool. I know this manager is XYZ from this team. 
right? I'm going to follow their team, new the, his team picks to see, like, you know, like, you know, he had, like, 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 like what happened this past week? They had Jack Grealish and they took out Jack Grealish. So, but I, I, I think they should be allowed to play. I don't think that is really a leak sort of situation. I think is just where technology has reached and now nothing is really safe on the internet. <laughs> like you can find things, uh, like find information given the right motivation or the right tools as well. Yeah. Um, and honestly, it's just a matter of time before people start flying drones over training sessions or use satellite images to find out who's fit, who's not fit. Like, but that happens to a certain extent too, though, right? Yeah. Like, like it's hard to avoid. You, you don't see, yeah, you don't see pictures yeah. from a certain player, uh, uh, during a training session and you're like, where is this player? Is this player injured? And these questions start coming up from, like news reporters on like, hey, like we saw that this player wasn't at training. Is everything okay? Right. So like sometimes more often than not, like a lot of this news is, you know, yeah, is accurate. And we're seeing a lot more this season. I, I mean, I, I get where Dean Smith is coming from. Obviously, maybe he's also a little bit sour. Like he just lost his best player <laughs> slash captain to injury. Yeah. Potentially for a good while. So I'm sure under a bit of emotions and stuff i'm sure that statement like like yeah like i don't know because i think it's it's a great um what is it image or whatever for like the sports just to see like athletes play fantasy football yeah like the bamford thing yeah i i it's just endearing like it's it's good feels like i don't think it's too much of this like if because I feel like everyone is going to get a, a certain amount of information before the game. Like, it's up to you whether or not, like, you win the game on the pitch. Because I don't think that leaked information was so terrible that it forced you to lose the game. That's not the reason you lost the game. Yeah, like, even if that information isn't leaked, you still lost your best player. And that would impact your team regardless. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. Like, maybe, maybe Brendan Rodgers... Like, you know, going into the game, regardless if Grealish is playing or not. I don't know if he changes his team up regardless. Like, anyways, right? Like, yeah. like if, if Brendan Rodgers knows, okay, Jack Grealish isn't playing this stuff, we're going to set up. Versus, okay, cool, we have to somehow find a way to stop Jack Grealish. This is how we stop. I don't think Brendan Rodgers does that. I think he sets his team up the same regardless. Because there's still someone has to, f- like, fill in Jack Grealish's role. So, yeah. So, I mean, it'll be interesting, again, like, where Luke Thomas plays next uh, game and where Castania plays next game, etc., etc., right? Mm-hmm. Um, but those are the questions. So, I think now is a great time to take a halftime pint, take a break. We'll come back with player status updates, predictions, and hot picks. Yeah? Yeah. All right, see you in a bit. And we are back. Alright, so in the second half, what we're going to do is run through our suspension slash injury mentions. Uh, so running through all the clubs, uh, Parsi at Arsenal, he still has an unknown return date. Kieran Tierney is back playing fit again. He started against Manchester City. For Aston Villa, Grealish is the only main injury other than Maddie Cash. 
Uh, Grealish is still, like, you'd have to keep an eye out for what updates are coming through, but Marikash should be out for a little while longer with his hamstring injury, so El Mohamedi will be taking his place moving forward. At Brighton, Webster still has an ankle injury, and Lamptey is building up his match fitness. For Burnley, Ashley Barnes has a thigh injury, and I believe Chris Wood also still has a knock. Uh, Robert Brady also uh, injured his Achilles. Uh, Goodmanson also, uh, possible slight knock on his hamstring, and Peters with a groin injury. So they've got a few knocks, Burnley. Uh, for Chelsea, Tilva should be back. He didn't play in the Champions League game tonight, but, uh, just one to watch out for as an asset moving forward. Uh, Zaha, at Crystal Palace, Zaha, MacArthur, Tompkins, and Schlupp still have unknown return dates. Uh, at Everton, uh, Yerimina has a cough injury. Uh, at Fulham, Mitrovic is still recovering from COVID. At Leeds, Calvin Calvin Phillips still has a calf injury, and Rodrigo and Cock are still out. Yorente is back as well. He played against Southampton. Uh, for Leicester, Madison came off a bit early. Uh, he kind of reaggravated that hip injury that he had, so that's one to watch and see. Uh, Jordan Henderson at Liverpool uh, pulled his hamstring, so he's going to be out for a little while, possibly out until April, Ross. Um, McTominay and Cavani have knocks as well. Pogba should still be out for a few more weeks at Manchester United. At Newcastle United, Joel Linton came off early in his last game, had a bit of a back issue. Wilson also still out with that hamstring injury until around April. For Sheffield United, Egan, Basham, and O'Connell all injured. For Southampton, KWP out. Now, uh, Oriel Romeo got got out today and possibly uh, Diallo is also still out injured. So they've got still a few more knocks. So you might see the likes of Salisu um, and uh, who else is there? Teller. Teller, yeah, come in. Um, you look at Spurs. Ori, I saw him in some light training videos, so he might be back soon. Um, and I think GLC is also slowly coming back, but I don't think they're ready to start. Maybe Ori before GLC, Giovanni Lo Celso, that is. And at West Brom, Ajayi uh, should be out until March 4th because of his red card with that silly handball against Burnley. All right, Ross. Uh, the predictions now. For an update on last week's predictions, I ended up edging it out 8-6. Mm-hmm. to six. Uh, It seems the, like the only thing that I was able to win this week, so I will fucking celebrate that like a rock star. <laughs> well, I got the win that matters, so... <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so, Ross, let's run through these fixtures and suggest some picks for our listeners. Do you wanna... Do you wanna talk about the... Like the fan tracks glitch. Oh yeah, the fan tracks glitch in terms of picking up the squads. But the thing is, I don't know if it'll apply yeah. to everyone, right? All our listeners, because they might have different settings in their squads yeah. and stuff, right? But if you want, you can lightly run through it. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened this week was I was tenth waiver wire, and there were like you know, or ninth waiver wire, and I somehow got Nathan Redmond, and I like our best guess at the moment was that. There's a glitch in Fantrax in that that commissioners have to see if this is an option select in your league. Is that if a waiver wire pick leads to an illegal squad, the waiver wire pick doesn't go through. 
right? So the players that what my what our best guess is is that the players who did try picking up Nathan Redmond that that pick would have led to a illegal waiver wire pick, and it wouldn't have gone through, leading to kind of like me who's way down the order to kind of get that player. Yeah. So the pick that I tried to make was I tried to pick up a midfielder Redmond for a forward. I think I was dumping Rodrigo, the leads forward out of my team. Yeah. I guess on like the manager's perspective, I just kind of make sure is when you're dropping a player, make sure that player's already on your bench before you're dropping them. And when you're kind of making that change, making sure that a reserve player is going to the reserve and an active player can go into your active lineup without it messing up the lineup or without it causing it into an illegal formation. Like, I don't know, like 5-2-3 would be an illegal formation. 3-6-1 would be an illegal formation. 4-6-2. Yeah. 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 4-6-2 would be an illegal formation. No. That, that is definitely illegal. illegal. <laughs> that is way too illegal. <laughs> But yeah, I, I kind of get your I kind of get your point. So I mean, it's just managers need to be a, a bit more mindful of the status that they're setting the player to when they're setting their waivers, right? Because you have an option of whether or not you can select it to active or select it to reserve. So just you know, if you feel like your waiver picks aren't going through, there's some issues and stuff. Talk to your commission. Have a look at the settings. Um with regards to, you know, roster sizes uh, and uh, the settings where, how you waiver players. So that's something you might need to consider, right? Uh, that even though it might not seem like you're breaking the rules, uh, it's just that Fantrax is built in a bit of a shitty way that it doesn't make sense when you try to process stuff. So yeah, that was a, that was a weird thing that we kind of came across. Um, we hope we can explain that well. If it didn't sound like we explained that well, we're going to do like... A proper screenshot, like, explanation on Twitter. Ross, um, you'll definitely help our listeners out with that, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Alright, cool. So now I think it's time to run through our predictions and picks. Ross, let's start off with the first fixture. And let's not forget, listeners, it's a double game week. Again, we probably should have started the pod with this, but, you know, quality content at the Banter Boys <laughs> podcast. Man City versus West Ham. <laughs> First game, Ross. How do you see this one going, buddy? As much as, like, you know, West Ham have been playing really great football. But one thing Moyes does end up doing is, like, he gives too much respect to the bigger teams. He didn't give any respect to Tottenham, which is great to see. Because Tottenham isn't, like, a bigger team. But, like, even Liverpool, they gave too much respect to. I think it might kind of end up having, I hope, like, you know, it, it'll kind of happen the same way. And City's going to come in. With a 3-0 win. Yeah, I'm gonna go simple 1-0 win for City. Like, I just don't think anyone can score against City. And the reason I think it's gonna be a bit closer is because West Ham's defense is good. They have a good team. Like, I just don't think they'll get rolled over. That's it. Uh, What picks uh did you take from West Ham, Ross? Craig Dawson. He's 48% owned. He's been averaging almost 10.5 points per game in the last 30 days, which is about, I think, five or six games. And, like, I think that's a that's the one pick that does stand up for me. But there are picks like Ben Rama and Fornals who are 44 and 30% owned, respectively. And, like, you know, if they're starting, like, why not? You should definitely pick them up, right? Uh, like, they're, they're attacking. Like, they're still, they still average high number of attacking points. So if, if you see Fornals starting, if you see Ben Rama starting... 
like you know, and they're available, like I'd pick them up. Yeah, and the picks that I'm gonna suggest for Man City, usual one, uh, Fernandinho. If he starts, go pick him up. Right? You look at his last three games, all three clean sheets, and he's playing out of position. He's registered as a defender in the game. He's playing in midfield. He's gonna get like more opportunity to get better counting stats. Right? Scrapping out in the midfield. You look at the game against Arsenal. He was pretty much man of the match for them. Right? Ended up with 17 points, including the clean sheet. Uh, the other pick I'd suggest is Ferran Torres. He's dropped to 49%. You might be able to get him. I know he hasn't been starting or like getting a lot of minutes recently, per se. But he has a knack of getting a goal and assist every time he does start. So if he does start in this double game week, it might be worth a risk, you know, picking him up. Uh, if not, just, you know, I think... You should be able to start your city guys, whoever you own, um, regardless of the fixture for the rest of the season. They are just on unstoppable form. All right, Ross, let's go to the next game. West Brom versus Brighton. What do you have? 2-1 West Brom. Um, why do you think West Brom are going to win? Like, it's one of those momentum things, right? Like, they were able to get out a win and, like, overall play better football. With ten men against Burnley team, it's like you know they didn't win. They drew. No, no, no. Like no. sorry, like they drew. Like they got a point with ten men, right? And yeah. they played like arguably the better yeah. football. So like it's one of those things that drives like the momentum forward. Brighton, you know, got got you know, got a like a touch of reality by losing to Crystal Palace. So some of those things might carry over next game, and I think it might end up with that. Yeah, I'm going for a one-one draw. Uh, like a combination of the things you said, really. Just Brighton, even though we thought they were good defense, it seems like there's just still something about Brighton that causes them to lose. And for a team that plays good football, they really don't score enough. And West Brom kept a clean sheet just now. I'm not saying they're going to keep clean sheets for the rest of the season, but, you know, it's like a it's a good sign, you know? Especially when they were down to 10 men. Mm-hmm. And Mbai Diang, or Diang, however you want to pronounce it, he honestly looks like a proper goal threat. And I think like he could nick something against these guys. So yeah, 1-1 one, one draw for me. Uh, the picks that I'm going to suggest from West Brom, Ross, uh, I'm just going to list out five picks. Uh, Mbai Diang, 36% owned. Furlong, 19% owned. Sam Johnson, the goalkeeper, 17% owned. Bartley, the centre-back, 5% owned. And Townsend, the other fullback, 3% owned. I'm higher on the fullbacks just because they look like they add more uh, defensive solidity. Yeah. Uh, but definitely my first choice would be Diang. Out of everyone, Bartley, the last, John Stone, throw him somewhere in the middle. What about the picks that you have from Brighton, Ross? A couple of picks that do stand up for me. Joel Weltman, we talked about him last week as well. 47% owned. He's been playing incredible football, right? Like scoring a couple of goals here and there, it's been good for him. You know, averaging fifteen and 50, almost sixteen points in the last five or six games. Uh, Dan Byrne, twenty seven percent owned, averaging almost ten points in the last five or six games. Right. Also, like I don't expect there to be many goals, even though like two goals is still seem a lot. But like these are players that are just getting points regardless. So fair enough. All right, let's move on to the next game: Leeds versus Aston Villa. How do you see this one going? 3-1 to Leeds. Oof. High scoring. 
I'm going to go 2-1 Leeds. I think, yeah, Leeds will beat Aston Villa. But I think this is assuming that Jack Grealish is injured. injured. He's not playing this double game week. Yeah. Okay, that's my prediction with injured Jack Grealish. If Jack was fit, would your prediction change? 2-2. If Jack was fit, I think I would go for a 1-0 win to Villa. I think it just goes back to Villa being good and Leeds just, I don't know. Shooting a lot? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's go with the assumption that Jack Grealish is injured, yeah? Yeah. Uh, so the pick that I am going to suggest from Leeds is Stroik, 41% owned. A threat from set pieces, possibly playing in midfield because Llorente is back, um, because Cooper is also playing centre-back. Uh, I worry about his minutes because slowly they'll get fit people back eventually, right? Um, so maybe it's just, you know, a watch and see for now sort of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, not sure if uh, he'll get minutes come uh, Game Week 29 when there's a blank Game Week and there's only like, what, four fixtures or something, but Leeds play. He might be a good, better option then because they play Fulham. Um, but yeah, watch and see. Uh, what about from Aston Villa, Ross? Do you have anything from there? It, it's kind of a weird thing, right? Like, we're assuming Jack Rillish to be out. So, like, the players do that that kind of stand up for me are El Ghazi, Trezeguet. And even though, like, you're not kind of reading him in at this point, like, even Samson, at, like, are seem like better, like, seem like decent picks. It's just kind of wait and see. Is Jack Rillish out? Okay, cool. Like, is El Ghazi available in your league? Is Trezeguet available in your league? I think, I don't know about El Ghazi, but you should definitely be able to get Trezeguet. Like, he's, he's like, you know, he started off strong. And then, like, he's starting a couple of games, but then after his injury, he didn't really come back. And then, El Ghazi, everyone really likes kind of pinning it on El Ghazi. Oh, El Ghazi's going to return, and he's going to go show back his real form. Maybe not so sure. I think Trezeguet is a better player anyways. So, it's kind of it's kind of like a wait and see in that perspective. And Trezeguet has a knack of scoring important goals as well. Mm-hmm. And El Ghazi just likes passing the ball to the op- opposition keeper. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next game: Newcastle versus Wolves. What have you got? One nil to Wolves. Ooh, I will go one one. I think Newcastle's defense is still kind of shitty, but they got ASM back, so they might offer some attacking threat, right? And Wolves' defense is kind of getting good, but they also have a shit attack. So it kind of evens out 1-1. That's my logic. I don't know. Makes sense. Might not be great logic, but yeah, logic. Fanciful logic. Uh, what are the picks that you're going to suggest from Wolves, Ross? Rui Patricio, right? Double game week. Is definitely kind of worth. Is do Wolves have the double fixture? They do, right? Yes, they do. Yeah, so yeah, they got Newcastle and then they have Manchester City. Oh, maybe not for the later one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he could get a bunch of saves. He could, yeah, he could get a bunch of saves. Like that's that's like that's I think a decent scenario that could play out, right? Like even if he concedes one or two. Goals. I was actually thinking of picking him up. Yeah. Yeah, so Rupert Patricio, 49% owned. You know, their defense looks a bit better. And Rupert Patricio looks solid in net. Like, he had a really good game against Leeds. So... Yeah, I think over the last four game weeks, he's also had one of the top 
uh, three or four save percentages of all keepers as well. He's He's been on point, yeah. There you go. Uh, so the picks that I'm going to suggest from Newcastle, uh, Joe Willock, 24% owned, and Ryan Frazier, 18% owned. I'd go for Willock first, just because I think he has a spot nailed in that team. He's playing really, really well with them. And he has the fitness, uh, he has the creativity, he has the goal threat, uh, he has a little bit of everything. And Newcastle running through so many different injuries, like, he's not a bad asset to kind of own right now. Um, even though Ryan Frazier smashes some games every now and then, he's not guaranteed playing time. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that through his rotation. All right, mm-hmm. let's go to the next fixture. Crystal Palace versus Fulham. 1-0 to Fulham. I will go with 1-0 to Fulham as well. Yeah, I like we've been saying Fulham, good footballing side. They look solid defensively. They might not score a lot of goals, but they just look harder to penetrate, right? And Crystal Palace, they're struggling out without Zaha. We're going to say that Brighton game was a one-off because of that quote-unquote derby that they usually have. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just think Fulham are up on the rise and they're going to be able to squeeze a win out of this one. Uh, what is the Fulham pick that you have for the listeners? So I think the top, top pick for me is Joachim Anderson. 28% own. He's been in incredible form, especially with the double game. Right? Uh, he's been averaging 12.32 in the last five five or six game weeks. Other picks that do kind of stand out are Olaina, depending, like, you know, if that ro- ro- rotation happens again. Uh, Arada ba- Ooh, I hope I pronounced his name right. Arada Bio. Adara Bioyo. Even though Anderson's, like, defensive partner, he's 35% owned. Harrison Reed, 26%. Last time he had double game week, he ended up with, what, 20 something points, right? Good haul. Uh, Room Loftus Cheek is probably my last pick in the sense that, like, I don't think he plays a full 90 regularly. So, uh, like, those are kind of my picks, I think. But the top one that I think you should be trying to see is if you can get Joachim Anderson. Yeah, and, like, the only pick I'd suggest from Crystal Palace, even though I really wouldn't suggest go pick a Crystal Palace player right now, would be Jordan Ayew. He's kind of tickling, ticking along with points while Zaha is out. But I, I'm not too keen on them. All right, let's jump across to Leicester versus Arsenal. What do you have? 2-2. Two, two. Uh, I have a draw as well, but I have a 1-1. One, one. Um, the reason I'm going for 1-1 one, one is I'm under the assumption that James Madison is injured for this double game week. Yeah, that's the only reason why I'm going for a draw, though. Not for a win. Yeah, because I'm not sure if... Like, the thing is... They should still be able to survive without him because they still have an amazing midfield. Like, Tillemans has done an amazing job and he can easily step up to that number 10 role, right? And they can easily, yeah. they have NDD fit, they have Mendy fit, so they can easily manage it without Madison, I think. And the thing is, Arsenal, like, even though they lost 1 0 to Man City, they looked okay. Right? And Kieran Tierney's back. Auber's back. Like, mm-hmm. they, they have a... Mari started that game, right? Holding started the game. So, like, everyone is kind of back and fit and kind of firing for them. It was kind of disappointing to see ESR on the bench versus Odegaard. Because I thought Odegaard kind of disappointed that game, to be honest, versus Manchester City. Yeah. But, yeah, 1-1 draw, Arsenal, Leicester. Uh, what is the pick that you have from Arsenal? Honestly, just because, like, if Arsenal had a double game week, which I don't think they do... I don't think anyone really kind of stands out. Like, Granit Xhaka is the only one that, like, you might be able to get who's been, like, getting decent points recently. 
like he, he's about 30% owned, 34% owned. He's been averaging about six points a game. So like that's the only one that does kind of stand out in that perspective. But like if they had a double game week, I'd say, yeah, go pick up Grand Shaka. Go pick up the likes of Pablo Marie and stuff like that. Right? But like they don't have the double. Prashant just got upset. <laughs> uh, they don't have the double game week. So they don't have like the, like the ability to kind of balance out the double, like, you know, ha- like get your points accumulate over two games. So no one really does kind of stand out. And like, I think apart from maybe like Kieran Tierney, and maybe Obama Yang, if you see like an Arsenal, like you, like Arsenal are the Arsenal players are the ones that you'd kind of bench in this moment. So it was weird that like you say to bench Arsenal assets, but like I kind of struggled with that last game week in the sense that I wasn't sure who to start between Saka and Tierney. And Saka ended up doing worse because I'm assuming. Because Man City had more of the ball, he had less of the ball to be creative with, and Tierney had more defensive work to do altogether. So that's probably why he racked up points. But he looked decent as a threat moving forward as well, right? So I'm not sure if you just yeah. want to just say blindly just bench all your Arsenal assets. I still think there's a couple of those guys you can risk starting. Yeah, I think like, yeah, exactly. Sorry, I, I forgot Saka, but I think Abba, Saka, and Tierney are the three that kind of cross the threshold for me. Yeah. The other ones are just like, mm. <laughs> yeah. if you have a player that has the double game week over an Arsenal player, then maybe go for the double game week player. Yes. 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 100%. For Leicester, the only person that I can suggest is Luke Thomas, 12% owned. And that's because he started the last game against Aston Villa. We're not sure if Ricardo Pereira and Castagne double up on the right-hand side for Jack Grealish, so that's one to watch. If Luke Thomas gets a run of games, go pick him up. Because he had one of the best points per minute scores last season. Towards the end of the season. He was fucking stellar during Project Restart. Project right? Restart, yeah. Alright, let's jump to the next game. Spurs versus Burnley. What have you got? 2-1 to Spurs. Uh, For this one, I have 1-0 Spurs win. The reason I say 1-0... I mean, even though Spurs' defense is real trash, real garbage, Burnley did not score against 10-man West Brom. And that really really was yeah what is the pick that you're gonna suggest from Burnley uh the one that does kind of stand out for me is Matthew Lawton 37% owned he's been averaging 9.43 points a game like it has been skewed the last two game weeks because the one before that it was a double game week and his last game week he had a really good game as well like had like like 14-15 points including a clean sheet uh so they are skewed but I think he's playing really good football for Burnley uh, other ones that kind of stand out are Jay Rodriguez, assuming Chris Wood and Ashley Barnes are back. He's been averaging about eight points a game, uh, 23% owned. And Charlie Taylor, who seems to be back, hopefully doesn't get injured again, 27% owned. And the last two games, he's been averaging about eight points as well. So, like, those are ones that kind of stand out for me. Yeah, and I'm going to suggest your boy, Lucas Mora, that you suggested earlier, 36% own. He got a goal in the last fixture as well. Um, he started, what, three of the last four games as well? So definitely one to look out for. Um, while uh, Giovanni Lo Celso, etc. Uh, fights for fitness. Alright, let's jump to the next game. Chelsea versus Manchester United. What a tasty fixture. You won't like this one, but I think it's going to be a United... 2-0 win. You know what? That is very possible, but United's defense is trash, so I don't think we can allow that to happen. So I'm going to go for a draw. I'm going to go for a 1-1 because we struggle to score as well, and 
I'm just gonna assume Bruno gets some jammy fucking penalty against us. I'm just thinking the counter-attack potential of United, right? Like, with Chelsea keeping a lot of the ball, when United break, they're gonna break hard, and they're gonna break, like, five against two or whatever, right? That's the only thing that I'm kind of, like, the only thing that kind of be like, okay, cool, United has an advantage in that sense. Yeah, I mean, that's a genuine concern, because, uh, like I said on the last episode, Southampton was the toughest team that we would have faced under Tuchel, mm-hmm. right? Atletico now would have been the toughest team, I think, but Atletico didn't really play football today, like, <laughs> they pretty much defended, right? It's Atletico, what do you expect? Um, but we got through that, so I'm hoping that result kind of gives us some sort of momentum to kind of keep pushing on. You know, we talk about that a lot, right? How results outside of the EPL can um, push teams into form. And I, I think it was a massive, massive result for the team to, to get that against Atletico Madrid. And I'm sure a lot of people would have written us off completely for the two-leg tie. Yeah. The pick, though, that you have from Manchester United, Ross. Dan James, like, he's 3% owned. He scored in his last two appearances. If he starts, like, it's like United also have the double game week, right? So if you yes they do. So if you have <laughs> like, if you have auto subs, I think Dan James might be definitely a pick that you should go pick up. In the sense that, like, keep him on your bench, keep a injured player, and you're starting starting eleven, and just like you know, if Dan James starts and Dan James plays, he starts one game, doesn't start the other game, he might get you points off the bench, and like it'll be, like, it might be fruitful. Yeah, that's a good shout because Ole uh, was saying that he only recently noticed the X factor that Daniel James is able to provide in games. So maybe that's a signal for his position above Greenwood as well, right? For the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pick that I'm going to suggest from Chelsea is Olivier Giroud, Giroud. 48% owned. Giroud scored a beauty of a bicycle kick against Atletico Madrid. Uh, Tammy... Since that ankle injury that he sustained, he's kind of been a little bit off it. So, I mean, if Giroud is going to score goals and get starts, then you know what? He's worth a pickup, especially with the service of Reese James and Marcos Alonso, etc., etc. Yeah, you can't go wrong. Um, Let's go to the next game, even though you don't want to, Russ. Sheffield United versus... I, honestly, it's not even like I don't want to. It's just that I don't even want to break a prediction... Because I don't know what to expect. I honestly don't. Like, you know what? If I don't know what to expect, I'll say it's... Why don't we Why don't we discuss it? Why don't we discuss it? Let, let's talk about this one. We don't have to make individual predictions for this fixture. Why don't we talk about it and see what we come up with, yeah? Yeah. You guys are away, so your away form is good. It's okay. Okay, it's not your home form. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to ignore your away form, buddy, you might not be in the league right now. Yeah. So, I think your away form is definitely going to play a role. And even though Sheffield United have nothing to play for, they are still one of the worst teams in the league. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I can't see anything else other than a 1-0 Liverpool win. Maybe Sheffield gets a goal, but then, okay, you guys win 2-1. I don't see how you guys lose this game or even draw this game. I, I, I do kind of get that perspective, but at this point, I the only reason why I'm saying a draw is because I don't know what to expect out, expect out of this game. Because Sheffield are a team that are literally kind of Liverpool's 
like weakness the Liverpool's kryptonite at the moment is that we'll play good football we'll have a lot of the football we'll make decent chances but we won't score them and somehow Sheffield will get one good chance maybe off a set piece maybe a penalty whatever they break they score I am curious is Ryan Brewster allowed to play in this fixture yes because he is a transfer okay <laughs> would you be surprised if Ryan Brewster gets a goal against you guys this yes <laughs> but I'd also be really disappointed. Just given the way your season has gone, it would be a classic moment for Bruce to get his first goal against you guys. Yeah. So, like, that's the only reason why I'm saying a draw is that, like, Sheffield are literally a team that'll sit back. They won't, they won't, they'll, they'll press us definitely for sure, but, like, we'll have majority of the ball against them. We'll have a tough time breaking them, uh, breaking them down, finding chances and finding, like, good venues to play. The only thing I'm really, really hoping is Shota's supposed to be back in regular team training uh, this week, midweek, uh, as per reports. So I'm hoping that off the bench or even 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 start and it could definitely kind of change that lineup around. It's a lot of pressure to kind of put on Jota at the moment, but like we need a change up and our drop off from Mane Salah Firmino is too big when we look at the bench without him. So you're basically saying that it's getting to a point where you need all your attacking players where you guys pretty much have to score more than your opponents to win games. <laughs> it's no more no more about clean sheets. Just score goals. It, is it, it don't you have to score more than your opponent to win games anyways? Oh and logic. <laughs> uh I like the only reason I'm saying a draw and I'm gonna go for like a one one is I don't know what to expect out of this game. I don't know what to expect in terms of the lineup. Like is Fabinho back? Are we going to play with Davies? <laughs> is Davies going to get his first appearance for Liverpool? Or will we go with Nat Phillips? Yeah. So. A lot of uncertainty. Yeah, I'll go I'll go 2-1 to Liverpool. I think you guys will be able to squeeze that win out. Um, any assets from Liverpool, even though you're so unsure? I think, keep an eye out for, like, their defense. It might be a good shout in, t- in the sense that, like, they'll, they're playing the double game week. So, they'll have two opportunities to, like, accumulate points and accumulate stats. I think Curtis Jones will start both games since Hendo's injured. He'll 13% own. I hope Curtis Jones plays more than 50-60 minutes than what Klopp is on making him. Uh, Nabi Keita is coming back. I doubt he starts both games, but I do think he'll get featured in one of them. And hopefully he can start the Leipzig game over the week. So, uh, over like the, like the week after. So, that's kind of what I'm hoping at the moment. From Sheffield United, I really don't want to suggest assets because they are the worst team in the league right now. But if you had to go for somebody, maybe get Jaden Bogle because he's an attacking defender. Like he almost won that penalty against Fulham. Mm-hmm. It could have been a it could have been a penalty. So he just he has a like a goal threat and like he seems to be able to get forward, so I don't know, man. Maybe play that one with auto subs. But yeah, let's move on to the next fixture. Everton versus Southampton. What have you got? 3-1 Everton. I'm going to go 2-1 Everton. Uh, just, yeah, Southampton just struggling, man. Uh, maybe their first half uh, of the season performance is good enough to put that sort of stamp of, you know, you guys did okay this season. Let's focus on next season sort of thing. Because they're just having a really, really rough time right now mm-hmm. um, with luck and injuries and everything mm-hmm. like that. So what are the picks that you're going to suggest from Southampton, though, Ross? I was literally just going to say that, like, their defense is struggling. Their, their 
like at this point, like their attacking options seem rotation prone. Right, with Minamino getting benched and Che coming on and Ings getting benched, like, you know. So like and like the other ones that are seen that bit more stable are Armstrong and Nathan Redmond, who are owned over fifty percent. Um and like they're just injured, like like so many injuries, right? So like you have players like Tella that are like playing and I think like I don't I don't expect many assets to kind of come out from Southampton that you would be like, yeah, I want to pick this player. I think last week it was Nathan Redmond and I think people already picked him up and it already kind of like, you know, you might have kind of missed out on him. But like, that's about it. Yeah, from Everton, uh, like picks that we kind of talked about in the first half of the pod, Pickford has been kind of picking up his form, 26% owned and Coleman, 17% owned. I would say Coleman because if they're going to stick to this back three moving forward, Coleman is better at that wing back. Because I don't know, because of his age and and all that, if he's if he has the fitness and stamina to be playing a fullback role. I mean, granted, from the fullback role, he was able to make a run um a few game weeks ago and hit the post. I'm trying to recall who it was against, but yeah, I mean, he has that in his locker, that goal threat, mm-hmm. right? So definitely one to look out for. Um, so for the remaining fixtures that we're gonna go through, uh, they are the double gaming fixtures. But because we've already talked about their assets, what we'd suggest is probably, you know, listen to the earlier parts of this and pretty much just repeat and rinse whatever picks that we suggested from these teams. So we're pretty much just going to run through quickly what we think the scores are going to end up like. All right, Russ? Yeah. All right. So Man City versus Wolves. What have you got for this one? 2-0 to City. Uh, yeah, so I'm gonna go simple 1-0 to City again, just City being a class above everyone else, and Wolves struggling to score, so I think it'll be pretty simple. Um, also, Wolves are struggling a lot from set pieces, so there is a chance that anyone who's good at set pieces for Man City might score. Mm-hmm. Um, what about the next game, uh, Burnley versus Manchester City? What have you got? Leicester City. Oh, sorry, Burnley versus Leicester City, sorry, too many cities, bro. <laughs> Two nil Leicester. So for that one, I have written down one nil to Leicester. So again, same thing. Burnley just really struggling for creativity. He's really struggling for goals. Leicester, they're really purring along this season nicely. Like even though they've had a couple injuries here and there, their squad has been deep enough to kind of balance everything out, right? Uh, so yeah, one nil Leicester. Next fixture, us. Oh, Sheffield versus Aston Villa. <laughs> I think it's gonna be a nil nil. So, again, it, it really depends on that whole Jack Grealish fitness thing, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if Jack isn't fit, I might actually give Sheffield a 1-0 win here. Yeah. Just because I feel like Villa Villa just concede way too many shots now, man. You look at that game against Leicester, like, they could have lost by a good bit more, I felt. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> you know what? And Sheffield United got robbed last time by that draw, remember, mm-hmm. in Project mm-hmm. Restart? When Aston Villa got that draw, that fucking VAR thing? Yeah. So, let's go for it. Let's go for a Sheffield United upset without Jack Grealish. Crystal Palace versus Manchester United, Ross. What have you got for this? 5-0 to Manchester United. God damn, that is massive, mate. Um, I'm gonna go much simpler. I'll go for a 2-1 win to <laughs> to Manchester United. The reason being, uh, my logic for that is, again, I still have no faith in the Manchester United defense. It is possible they could keep a clean sheet, but again, no faith. 
Um, maybe Mateta might pick up his form from, you know, get some confidence from scoring that classy, classy backheel goal. Double nutmeg, double nutmeg goal. I don't know if you saw that, Ross. Yes, I think I did. I'm trying to remember. But maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you would if you saw that double nutmeg. Yeah. It was yeah. beautiful. But yeah, I, I'm going to say 2-1 win, but I, I think, yeah, Manchester United easily still wins this fixture. Uh, what about the next game, Ross? Fulham versus Biz? 1-1. Like, it's set up to be a draw. Yeah, it seems like it is that way, but I still have no confidence in Fulham to score goals, even though Spurs have such a terrible backline at times. So I'm going to go for a simple 1-0 win. I feel like this is just going to be a natural Kane fixture. He likes scoring against them. He likes scoring against Burnley as well, you know? So... Yeah, simple 1-0. All right, next game, West Brom versus Everton. What have you got? I'm going to go super risky here. I'm going to go for a West Brom win. Wow. I'm going to go for an Everton win. I'm going to say 2-1. Um, Like, West Brom is still a leaky defense, right? Mm-hmm. And Everton now finally have all their pieces together. What a massive win against Liverpool after 22 years. They must, like, march on after that, right? Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I'll give the win to Everton. Alright, uh, last game for the double game week. Liverpool versus Chelsea. What a beautiful one to end the <laughs> predictions with, Russ. <laughs> you know what my prediction will be. 1-0 to Chelsea. Yeah, mate, I'm going for the same exact thing, to be honest. That's what I've got written down. You guys struggle to score at home versus Brighton. You struggle at home to score against Everton. You struggle at home. <laughs> yeah. It's just, I can just keep going, keep going, and keep going. Liverpool's home form is just terrible. It's a season of, like, two tails. Like, at the start of the season, what was keeping us in the league, or what was keeping us at the top, was our home form. Yes. Our away, like, our two away wins against uh, Tottenham and West Ham are essentially kind of what's still keeping us in, like, the top six, top eight. But, like, we've lost the last four games. We lost our, like, you know, like... Last four home games, so I, I think it's just a write off this season, man. Like you know, ho- just hope for no more big injuries. Uh, fi- try to finish the season with some strength. Focus on the Champions League and like go at it again next season. Yeah, if pandemic, no fans. It's it's been a very weird season, definitely. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That's the end of our predictions and picks. So, like we said, I know we didn't go through the picks for the double game week fixtures. But just listen to the first part of the predictions and we've suggested all the picks there. If you have any doubts, feel free to DM us on Twitter, reach out to us and we'll help you out. We'll give you suggestions, we'll talk through it. We are always happy to add to the community. Ross, uh, before we sign things off, do you want to remind listeners how they can engage with us and share our beautiful podcast? Yeah, so listeners, you can catch us on Twitter. Our handle is at Bantabee. You can, on Twitter, is our Anchor website, which we use to distribute our platform. When we use it to distribute to all, like, the major platforms. So, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and, like, many other smaller podcast platforms. We also upload on SoundCloud. And soon, we'll be on YouTube and Instagram. So, keep an eye out on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, any interesting... Head-to-heads this game week, for the double game week. I am playing... Actually, I didn't check who I was playing. Let me just check that real quick. 
I am playing Nutton's friend, Team Bankster. Yeah. In our Banter Boys League and in our OG League. You see how good I'm at stalling? <laughs> in our OG League, I am playing my younger brother. Okay. I, I feel like you can get two wins this week again. Man, Rafi's got KDB, bro. With the double game week as well. <laughs> yeah, he does. And he came back at the worst time possible. He's gonna get like 50 points from that. Double game week too, yeah, bro. man. Like, oh. Yeah, the only thing I'm hoping is Pep does some Pep roulette and maybe like benches in one game. Like, it's a pipe dream. Or Rafi does some Rafi roulette and doesn't start any of his players as usual. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He won't have me. So, like, it, like, yeah, he did get berated in our group this past week. And in our, in his honesty, like, it was a busy hour before the United, Newcastle United and Manchester United game. Like, it was, like, we went to, we had to go to Ikea to pick up some furniture. And it was so bad that we didn't even get ice cream from Ikea, man. Like, it was that busy. The furniture was bad or the ice cream was bad? No, like, we didn't get ice cream. Oh, that fucking sucks. That was bad. That sucks. Yeah. Like, like the, it's one of the biggest reasons why you go to Ikea is that then you can eat, like, their frozen yogurt after you shop and, like, get lost in their store 50 million times. <laughs> What's your go-to flavor of ice cream? Oh, they just have the regular, like, vanilla, which is, like, pretty decent. Like, it's, like, a dollar, too. Oh, what? That's mad cheap, bro. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, like, you know, simple and, like, you know. Like, we used to have it when we were young, too. It's Ikea. It's Ikea. Exactly. It's Ikea. Very Ikea-esque. Uh, so, I'm facing Orwa. I'm not sure how to feel about that, because part of his team is beasting. Like, he's got Gundogan and Cesar Aspiliqueta and all that. And Mares. And Mares. But Orwa is not managing his squad properly this season, so who knows? Who knows at this point? I mean, your brother didn't even need a full squad to beat me, right? To trounce me. You shit, bro. And in in the uh, Banter Boys League, I'm playing uh, Manos, who's in first place and has a healthy lead ahead of me. So, you know, another game week full of pain to look forward to. Always a fun time with fantasy football. Always. Alright, Ross, I think that was a really long session, another great session. Another long double game week. Listeners, remember, for the double game week fixtures... Uh, your players are already going to be locked. Those players are already going to be locked in waivers. If that's how your like your league should be running, like default, right? So get all those players before their second fixtures comes around. Get all those lineups set, all those auto subs set up properly, right? Because once those double those second set of fixtures comes in in the second half of double game twenty six, they're locked and you're fucked. You can't do anything after that, right? Keep an eye out for our uh, suggested picks that we're going to make on Twitter as we do every game week, right? And just keep listening to the Banda Boys podcast. Mm-hmm. Or you do, Sanji. Honestly, the <laughs> best thing to do is just listen to our advice and take it. Because we don't take our own advice. I mean... We don't. You could take Ross's advice. He's a better manager, I think. Exactly. Maybe. Like... Sanji, Sanji would be better off taking my advice and I'd be better off taking Sanji's advice. We'd be, we'd be, we don't take our own advice. It's like, it's like, it's like a self, yeah, like self doubt. Like, oh my God, like, who are you to tell me what I'm going to do? Like, you know, <laughs> I make a goddamn podcast. I know all. <laughs> oh, but yeah, Sanji, it's, it's almost 12 o'clock. It is 12 o'clock there, so. Yeah, it's, it's past midnight. We should wrap this up. I should definitely get to my bed. It's 11 o'clock yeah, here. I know, I know. So. Alright, Russ. Well, I'll see you next episode then, yeah? Yeah. 
All right, brother. Peace. All right, man. Peace.